This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome to another Breakdown bonus episode with me, Lexi. And co-worker Justin. <laughs> co-worker Justin. We're also going to be joined by my new friend, Lily, from the Date Brazen podcast later. But I wanted to have the OGs on to just mm-hmm. get a general reaction on what went down with this episode because it was a doozy. It was a cheating scandal. Not to get like in trouble right off the rip. I feel like... Like the sexting isn't cheating. It's like 0.5 cheating. You know what I mean? Like it's not cheating is cheating. (laughs) Cheating. Okay, 0.5 cheating. Get him off. Okay, before we get into before we yell at coworker Justin for giving us this blasphemous response. Last week I asked you to DM me and submit your hey girly DMs. And if they were good, I told you I would read them. And I'm gonna read them to coworker Justin and Lexi now. Okay. And we're gonna react to them before we get into the episode. So I got a DM from someone that said their friend was dating a guy for two years and found out that their boyfriend or girlfriend was hooking up with someone for six months while they were dating. Six months. Which is kind of like this episode that just played on Tuesday. The problem I have with that is like, how do you notice? Like, you have to know. There have to be signs. I I think that's why. And then you get the DM and you're kind of like, oh, makes sense. Yeah, everything clicks. The idea of everything you would have to go through to have a side person is not... hoops you have to jump through? Yeah, like there's just a lot of lying that would have to go on. It'd be exhausting. If you're having a decent relationship, though, you ignore those signs. Like, you're blinded by what you're currently in. Yeah. You're looking at me like says from personal experience. This is, <laughs> I yes, mean, Lexi's been cheated on. We get it. We really do need to start recording our faces because it's just... But, like, but I guess that's like, because I've been cheated on too and I knew like the second it was happening that was like... 0.5 I, cheated on or like... No, no, 100%. Point, no, 1.0%. Oh yeah, when your girlfriend was banging her principal. Oh, I'll, yes, also that one too. Well, that one I didn't notice. That one caught me off guard, so I guess you're right. <laughs> caught me off guard too. Okay, the next one I got, uh, someone said they got sent an Instagram photo dump. So like, you know how you can send somebody's Instagram post in the DMs? She got sent one of those and it was some girl's vacation that she took with her boyfriend. This goes to the episode that just happened as well. Girls are way more out there to have each other's backs than guys. Guys are not sending DM pictures of stuff. Like that was, yeah, I was they like, don't. you know what I mean? Like even my current wife, my wife and hopefully only wife going forward, she, when we first started dating, had the same thing. A girl I was talking to before her reached out to her and told her like hey this guy's horrible and so like Nicole brought it up to me and was like what happened and I was like our whole relationship together was a miscommunication and that's why I cut it off guys don't do Are we that down in Justin's wife's DMs guys like will look at that and be like man that sucks for him and like, just move on you know <laughs> what I mean girl code is stronger than bro code yeah oh yeah because I think it happens so much that maybe it comes from a place of empathy it's like oh well that happened to me I don't want that to happen to you I know something about this guy that you don't know I also I feel like a guy is more likely to hook up with their 
friend's girl, then a girl's more likely to hook up with like a girlfriend's guy. You know what I mean? That's if I had to not, guess. That's why they're not down in the DMs because they're like, you know <laughs> what? what? I, mean. I did it once. Hey, that's what I mean. They're like, oh, well, maybe this is my in. Like if I don't say anything. Okay, next one. Somebody was talking to a guy and then all of a sudden they got thrown into a group chat with like four other girls and one of them was like, hey, this guy is playing all of us. This is like the girls are just out to look out for each other. I don't understand it. Like, you don't understand it? I, I do, but I don't. Like, what do you I, mean? We got each other's back. If I, but me personally, if I saw something going down and these ones are different because they're involved in that situation, but like if I saw something going down with one of my buddy's friends, I'm probably not saying anything. I'm going to be like, oof, this is going to be ugly when it finally comes to light, but I'm not going to be the one to do it. You know what? I feel like if guys got into a DM group like this, it would eventually turn to a boy band. Yeah. They could have a song about getting cheated on. But here's International th- sensation. It might work. Like if I'm at a bar and I see a girl that I do not know with a wedding ring on talking to some guy without a wedding ring, no, my first thought is not like I should find that guy on social media and DM him photos. But they could also be friends. It's, yeah, I know. It's different if they're like, you know, oh, they're like they're dry humping something. in the back of the bar, <laughs> maybe. Please don't say dry humping. Please don't ever. <laughs> so good. They were jean jamming in the back. Yeah, they were my mom listens to this okay next one not sure if this counts but someone said that they got a dm from a girl who was like trying to convince her to break up with her girlfriend because the person dming them was like we're meant to be and i want to shoot my shot but i feel bad about doing it you know she's dating you and it's just really awkward because i want to date her a weird thing to say to somebody why do i feel like that's something lexi would do what do you mean like hey go break up with them because i need to be with them yeah no definitely not this is the only other disney adult and the Three two two four six zip code. Yeah, that's a weird one to send to somebody. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna need you two to break up because I'm gonna try to. Yeah, I kind of respect the hustle. Something was going. I do respect the hustle. <laughs> Takes a level of confidence to send that message. Can you imagine? Then you show it to your girlfriend, and you're kind of like, isn't this cringe? Do you know this person? Yeah, but what if there's like this? Oh, well, I, I was in love. Actually, with her yeah. Too. Should we break up? I'm kind of. I didn't know she like, felt a, that but way. Like from, about a, from like a guy's perspective, I would do it in like a joke. It might be like, look, see, I'm such a catch. Like this person wants mm-hmm. you to break up with me now. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, last one. Someone got a DM. Um, and it was like a Pete Davidson mood where they got a selfie of them and their partner in bed together, which oh, to like me, <laughs> when Pete did that, I was like, that's kind of iconic. R.I.P. Oh. Kim K. and Pete. Okay, now into the episode, Justin. It's time for us oh. to roast you. Yeah. Okay, so if you haven't listened to the main episode yet, go do that and then join us back here. We had an episode, again, with my family friend talking about her most recent breakup where she got a DM a couple months in and decided to ignore it. You know, she thought she was going to marry this guy yeah. and uh, decided to move on with life and then messiness ensued. So let's start from when she moved on because it was like a month difference between her breakup and then her getting with this guy. So this guy was a rebound. Was it a rebound or did she think he was Prince Charming and it just happened to happen a month Probably after? Probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take you to move on from somebody? Do you think a month was too soon? I think it depends on the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone talks about like that, the quote, the one that got away. Mm-hmm. You always think of that one person that got away. So that could be just for the rest of your life. Not saying like the person you're with or the person you marry isn't the perfect person, but there'll always be like when someone says, oh, who's the one that got away? You'll have a name that like gets in your head. So I feel like it's different. If the person's a jerk and cheated on you like pretty quickly. I have two girlfriends that I had for a really long time. One, we ended great. And then the other one ended ugly. And one person I'll still reach out to to say happy birthday to and like their social media stuff. The other one, I don't even know. I don't even look at their stuff. Was it easier for you to move on because it was messier or was it harder for you to move on? Yeah, because you're angry at the person for whatever they did. Yeah, you get hurt. Yeah. You know, it's like, like sometimes when you. relationships like fall apart like naturally. And have you ever heard the things like, oh, it was over way before it was over? That's exactly yeah. how like, this one was. It was a college situation. I lived in Pennsylvania at the time and I was like, I'm going to the school in Florida.
Florida and you're a year younger. So she was still in high school at that mm-hmm. time. And we were going to try to make it work. My uncle's like, you're not going to make it till Thanksgiving. And I was like, screw you. And then right. I got, then you get into the college lifestyle and you're like, oh man, we might not make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And they also say like hurt people, hurt people. You know, it's yeah. like if you're moving forward in something and you're still hurt, like you have those like trigger factors. You really should heal before you go into something new. And Healing to, is different for everybody. And to that, the hurt people, hurt people. The one that ended messy, I got hurt. And then I started talking to another girl and I didn't feel good about anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hurt her. And that's the person that reached out to Nicole. Ah, yeah. So yeah. It all makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's all coming Absolutely together too. now. And it's like if they have open doors or closed doors, like full disclosure, like recently been having some closure <laughs> conversations with my ex. That does help too. Yes. I said like, hey, like, what do you think some problems were? Why your exes and stuff were always involved? And flat out, it was like, well, I don't think I had closed doors when I entered a relationship with you. You know, it's like sometimes mm. people break up with people with the intent that, you know what, we might fix this again. Or I do see you in my future. I just don't see you in my present. So like it's Devin like, Booker and Kendall Jenner. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> if you thought now's not our time, but I do like maybe see us working it out in the future, then those doors aren't necessarily closed to be like in something else. Because it's like I still say sometimes like, oh, well, I'm going to marry my ex, but it's like here I am dating other people. So I think it really has to depend like is that door closed or mm. is it still open? If you have open doors, you're never going to be able to. It could be like the doors here where they're closed, but they don't actually latch yeah, closed. Exactly. So if you push them, they <laughs> still There's open. not a lock on the door. It's closed. <laughs> That's the thing. But it's unlocked. It's like if it's closed it. right now. It's like, <laughs> like a slight. I'm over here with my arms open. <laughs> a slight breeze comes by and it wafts open. Yeah. So yeah, the impression that I got from her relationship was she was with this guy for three years, wanted different things. They moved on. Mm-hmm. It was pretty healthy. So I mean, jumping into a relationship after a month, not the worst idea. But then no. when she got that DM. Again, when, I was like, oh my gosh, these girls are, or ladies are out here to watch each other's mm-hmm. bags. So if you got a DM from someone that was like, hey, girly, or hey, coworker, Justin, person you're with kind of fooling around with me right now. For you, is that like an instant cutoff? Or are you willing to look past it because it's quote unquote, just emotional cheating? Well, that's what I want to ask because you said this 0.5 cheating. Imagine yeah. right now, Abby and I being like, oh, well, this guy was sexting your wife. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy about it. That's why it's 0.5 cheating. If my wife came to me and uh-huh. said, hey, I've been texting this guy and it's been what it is. No photos or anything like that, but say, fine, photos are involved. I'm still going to feel bad, but I'm going to feel even worse if she's like, hey, I went over to his house last night and we did the dirty. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'll be more mad about that than the sexting. Mm-hmm. So for you, it's more of like the physical act of cheating. Yeah. The physical act is like, we're done. It's over. But you say. But you can sexting, like- we can maybe work through this and figure out why you were doing that. Let's turn this ship around. I think that's where it got a little messy for her because everything really was so great because in the first episode we talked about how she had this ex and his friends were awful and the family was awful and nobody got along with him and then she has this guy who has his stuff together and everybody loves him and he's about to go on deployment and full disclosure I don't think what he did was right but what what she was trying to say was like I don't really know what it's like to be in that headspace so maybe I don't know. I'm sure it could be a lonely experience. I, I know my uncle did two deployments and he doesn't talk about it like it was the best experience ever. Again like you were saying I don't have that experience, but I can imagine it's not from a relationship standpoint, the easiest thing to go through. Especially because last week on our bonus episode, we talked about people proving themselves and he was very much in a position where he was doing all the right things to her face, you know, Mm -hmm. like sending her flowers and keeping in touch. And so it is sort of like getting blindsided when you come home and he has more DMs from these other girls. Then it's a problem. Then it's a problem. Right. So since you two have both been cheated on. (laughs) Great. (laughs) There's always a turn in these episodes where I'm like, I get nauseous. Abby's about to ask me something and I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have you to can always tea. refuse the question. We need that. How far into the relationship would you be willing to forgive cheating? If it happens month one, is that a no-go or can you work past it because it's still fresh and new or can you be so 
so far as being like engaged to someone and if they cheated on you would you forgive them i feel like engaged is worse if you're cheating in the first month maybe there's a chance you know with tinder and all that stuff you have multiple people that maybe you were talking to and so like you're still trying to feel out those relationships before you know which direction you're potentially going i don't think you work past either of them but i feel like it's easier to justify trying to work past one that happens in like the first month i think it's a double-edged sword and like you and i have had this conversation before it's like sometimes if cheating happens and you have so much into the relationship that you have more to lose it's like if you find out that like your significant other was cheating on you and you're like in like a five-year relationship just bought a house together and all these things it's like this is something you might have to work through Mm -hmm. i mean if it's like a one-off dating situation you didn't define the relationship stuff like that but i think that sometimes it's more forgivable or work throughable when there's a lot to lose it might it could change your life it could give you you more motivation to work through it yeah so but it's tough it's also like after all of this you're gonna cheat on me you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like an engagement it's like call off that wedding well you take it so personal too like Mm -hmm. getting cheated on is i know there's i guess there's two ways to take it like get mad at the whole Mm -hmm. situation and the people involved or internalize it and be like what the hell did i do or not do in this Mm -hmm. situation to cause this and that's the direction i would go how did i let this get to this point for sure breaks my heart like when people blame themselves when they get cheated on because it's never about you it's always about the other person right Right. and we had that whole cheating episode where we read the health journal remember yeah and it's just so tough because it's like you are looking back like Mm -hmm. what bargain of the relationship am i not holding my end up was i not making you happy is that why you went and did this was i too career driven did i change something change in the relationship that they don't like about me now you know stuff like that i think that's why for me like the earlier it happened the easier for me it would be well no we're just not gonna continue this because it's so much more obvious that it is about them than it is about you if it's longer you don't want to create a habit you know no absolutely not well because also like i don't want to show that i'm just going to put up with that like oh my gosh you cheated on me two Mm. months in oh that's okay no yeah (laughs) that'll be a topic that we cover in next week's episode is how far into the relationship are you willing to forgive it how much are you willing to let go if it does happen we actually want to hear what your opinions are on this if you're listening to this on spotify you can scroll down to a feature called q a let us know if you think you could ever work through cheating are there certain things you would forgive do you have a no nonsense policy when it comes to cheating let us know and we will talk about it more in next week's thursday episode and as fun as it is to talk to co-worker justin and lexi sometimes we got to hear from the experts on stuff like this that's why i invited my friend lily womble from the date brazen podcast to talk more about it i'm here with my new friend lily from the date brazen podcast she is an intersectional feminist dating coach all-around podcast baddie talk to me a little bit more about what you do okay definition of intersectional feminism we know feminism like equality of the sexes this term was coined by uh kimberly crenshaw and it is talking about how different forms of oppression intersect with each other that means that like we can't talk about the patriarchy without also talking about white supremacy it means that we can't talk about how dating apps are literally racist that there are studies that show that they favor white people over people of color we can't talk about dating without also talking about how dating is different for people of color right that's my lens that i see the the world through and i'm always learning i am by no means like perfect i look to women of color to teach me more about this i started my career in the dating space like as a matchmaker so like i was in this like really interesting place where i was setting people up on dates usually women who are dating men and i learned very quickly that number one i love working with people in their dating lives because it's this microcosm of hope joy dream fear insecurity desire that we have as human beings it's vulnerable and two that dating advice and dating services generally are a hotbed of patriarchal old-fashioned nonsense i love that and i i just love how your worldview and how you know you're really 
trying to be so inclusive in, in everything that you're doing as a matchmaker, like before we get into the episode and all the questions that I have for you, what's the one thing you learned about relationships from being a matchmaker? I broke up with matchmaking five years ago because I knew that women with the right tools and coaching could become their own expert matchmaker. So what I learned from that experience that really relates actually to the conversation we're going to have about this episode is that it is really easy to unlearn self-trust. It is really easy to have a few bad dating experiences and think the answer must be me fucking up and that the answer to me finding somebody awesome must be somebody else's advice or somebody else's support or somebody else's guidance. And that outsourcing of self-trust is really normal because we want to minimize the risk of rejection. Outsourcing your self-trust doesn't necessarily, does not lead ever to the right relationship. It leads to you feeling like the answer is always out there. So it's always seeking, always paying somebody else, always like, so I'm all in favor of women like learning self-trust so that they never settle again. It's so much about, you know, you feeling empowered within yourself so that you can go out into the world and just kick ass and find that person. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's start learning from you as we start to hash out this episode, which I think so many people listening are going to relate to. I get so many DMs and submissions about people talking about this kind of story where they get a DM where it's like, hey, girly, guess who slid into my DMs, your boyfriend. This person that came on to uh, the podcast had just gotten out of a three-year relationship and then immediately jumped into this new relationship thinking, you know what? It feels kind of right. What do you say about jumping into a new relationship? Do you think jumping in a month later after a breakup is a good idea in some cases, maybe not in others? What do you say about that? Did we disclose this person's name? No name. So, but let's call her, uh, let's call her Jane. Jane, talking to you right now, I feel like we were sliding doors moments. Like you and me were in these sliding doors moments. I too was in a long-term relationship that was really toxic. And then it ended and while I was a matchmaker. So I like was, I was like in this terrible relationship while I was helping other people try to get into great relationships. It was this, like, it felt like I didn't believe that what I wanted was possible. And so I kept settling because I thought I was too much for what I wanted. And so once I got out of that toxic relationship, I wanted to heal. I wanted to take time. And Chris, my now fiance, walked into my life at that moment. It was such a bizarre experience of like the most awful relationship of my life leading into meeting this incredible person who was pursuing me very similar to how Jane was describing this guy pursuing her. I fully relate to having somebody in front of you and feeling like, could this be right? Let me give it a shot, right? I would regret it if I didn't. I think where that situation sort of shifts from my experience, but my experience was like consistently Chris was reaffirming. He was trustworthy. He was like there that he was willing to like learn how to love me better and show up for me more. And it sounds like some of those pieces were there for Jane too. Like he was showing up to her family things. He was like meeting her friends and doing a great job. But then the whole DM of it all happened. And that's where I think the sliding doors, that's where our, our paths diverge in the woods, I feel, unfortunately. Yes. And we'll get a little bit more into that and how to handle that situation. But I mean, for you, it kind of happened at this perfect moment for, you know, people listening and maybe having another opportunity like what we heard from Jane and what we heard from you, where you had these really affirming moments with your now fiance. How Mm -hmm. do you know if you're ready for a new relationship? What are some signs that you're ready for something new? I was in therapy. Therapy is an amazing tool to heal. I recommend it for everybody. I had trauma to process from that relationship. Like I was having severe anxiety, panic attacks. I needed to take time for myself and I was doing that. And then Chris asked me out immediately and I said no. So I said, no, I need to heal because that I just felt it in my body. It was that self-trust again, like, you know what? I'm not actually 
financially ready. And then what shifted for me, it was about three months that I was single, four months that I was single. And I was doing, I was doing things that just brought me immense joy, like going to Gilmore Girls Fan Fest in Kent, Connecticut. I was like, I'm on a train. I booked my ticket and then the next day was there. And like, it was just this, this uh, moment where I was reinvesting in myself. And then Chris sort of came into my brain in this wild way. He was in my friend group-ish. And so I would see him. And then like, when I saw him, this was again, like three months after the breakup. I, and after I said no to going out with him and he thought, okay, well, she's not interested. I saw him. And then two nights after seeing him, I had dreams that he was my partner. I had dreams where I was holding his hand. He was holding my hand and I would wake up in the sun shining on my face. And two nights in a row, Abby, the first night I was like, oh, that's weird. And not everybody will have like a dream like that. Also, I do think that that speaks to the power of trusting yourself that like I trusted myself in that moment to know that I wasn't ready. And then when my body started talking to me, like it's safe to be here with him. Then I acted on that. And like the day after the second dream, I texted him and was like, let's get dinner. I think that it goes back to self-trust that there's no perfect timeline. There's no fully healed. I mean, I showed up to my first date, Abby, with Chris and I talked about my ex for 45 minutes. What? I know. I was, I was so bad. You can't say the wrong thing to the right person though. I think that's what I say. That's what I, that's how I know. It wasn't a deal breaker for him. He just held my hand while I like cried. The other caveat to that is the right person will also be able to ask for what they want and need because in some scenarios, some guys would, some people would say like, oh shit, she's talking about her ex so much. I'm going to just break up with her. But instead, Chris advocated for himself a month in and was like, hey, I noticed that we're talking about your ex a lot and that kind of bothers me. And I want to talk about our relationship. So I'm setting a boundary and like the right person will be able to set a boundary for themselves too. Well, I think that's the, the best segue to start talking about love bombing because I was sort of getting a vibe in this scenario that she was sort of getting love bombed. And to me, I, I'm not like an expert on, you know, like definitions for this kind of stuff. But to me, love bombing is like anytime you're showing an intense display of love to cover up something. What do you think are like some signs that like in the beginning of a relationship, it's healthy and you're getting like lots of signs of love and affection and affirmation versus love bombing in the beginning? It's so tough. And I don't know that always in the moment you'll be able to tell if it's love bombing or a stable relationship. It sort of takes time to cook. The right person will reveal themselves. I also think the wrong person will reveal themselves. Like Dr. Maya Angelou said, when people tell you who they are, who they are believe them. I did write down in my notes that it sounds like he was really good at getting attention for how awesome he was to her family and friends, right? Like it, like that in hindsight uh-huh. sounds like he was sort of an attention whore. That's an interesting thing that I did not pick up on. Yeah, because he's really doing all the right things. Like he's sending her the anniversary flowers while he's, you know, overseas. Oh, well, that was after the whole situation. I feel like that's different because he was like honestly making up for some shit. But I but I think when I when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I mean, he's checking all the boxes. And she also I mean, Jane, I am with you, my friend. I was in a relationship where none of my needs were met. I was begging him to love me the way I wanted to be loved. And he was like gaslighting me. And I was also aware that he was gaslighting me and just so desperate for evidence that what I wanted was possible. 
in my love life that I was staying in this terrible relationship. And I hear, Jane, a little bit of that desire leading to some graspiness as it relates to staying with him. I know that because I did it. In terms of love bombing, he was saying all the right things, doing all the right things. All signs point to this is a good guy. And I want to point out the timeline. It was three months in when she got that text on Instagram or DM on Instagram from somebody saying that he's cheating. Three months is not a ton of time. I also wonder, I don't know if you know this, Abby, because you're family friends with Jane. Did they have a really intentional conversation about what they were to each other, where they were going, what they wanted out of their love lives? Like, do you think that happened? Yes, I do know that he did ask her to be his girlfriend. So I do know that there was exclusivity there. If they had that conversation, then he just turned out to be a liar. I wonder if after that relationship, she trusted herself. You also know the past relationship before that. Like, what was the impact of that relationship on your self-trust? Did you trust yourself less after that relationship? And if so, how did your self-trust or lack thereof play into your gut reads? So she had been with this person for three years. And I think the reason that they ended up splitting is that their futures were just going in different directions. She's family oriented, wanted to get married and have kids. And I don't think that's what he wanted. So they ended on pretty good terms. So I kind of think when this guy came along and he's, you know, being very pursuant and he wants to be your boyfriend, it's sort of like, well, this is, these are all the right things. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden this one little blip comes through and you get the Hey Girly DM. Okay, let's go there. Do you want to go there? Do you have another question? No, let's absolutely go there. We can totally, as a human being, have compassion for a person who's about to deploy who wants to get his dick wet. And you committed to being in a relationship. So I'm seeing zero integrity with words and actions. I don't think she was out of integrity. I think that she, when she took him back after that, I wrote down and I told you before we hit record that I'm going to say some things. And Jane, if you're listening, it's only because I've been there, my friend. It's only because I've been there. I know what this decision process might have been like for you because I was in similar. Mm hmm. Why is your standard so low? I think that that was flat out cheating. I think that we all are learning and growing from our choices all the fucking time. And like becoming an older adult hopefully means that you're learning and growing. Otherwise, that's like stagnation and death. So like, I don't think that anything's wrong with learning from this scenario. I wrote down he was good with, she said, but he was good with family. He was good with my friends. And I wrote down after that, the bare minimum is that he is kind to your family friends. Bare fucking minimum. And that points to this lack of self-trust or lack of belief that what you want really deeply is possible. And that's why I preach all the time, specifically women, to give themselves permission to fully want what they want. Like too many women I see and hear say, I just want somebody kind. I just want somebody nice who has a job. And I'm like, cool, you get to want that. And that's the bare minimum. I know. I think we get to a point where we're just so sick of these types of situations happening that it's sort of like, you know what, at this point, like maybe the nice guy who would just treats me well and, you know, is nice to my family, like maybe that's just what my love life is going to look like. But I agree. Like, I think we do need to have more self-trust that the best possible outcome is possible for us. So that's why it's important to normalize feeling good in your life. Normalize okay. being the driver of your joy, being the driver of your pleasure. Normalize not outsourcing your agency to someone else or something else. 
And I think that like a relationship is never the answer to you completing your life. It is always, it gets to be a value add, a bonus when you are filling your own cup. And then your cup just runneth over. Runneth over. And it's tough. Also, who is this sleuth woman who's like, I'm, I baited him into flirting with me because I knew like she's got some stuff to unpack too. You know what I'm saying? Like she's like save it, trying to save people in her dating life. I got the sense when I was listening to it that it was like this woman who was absolutely playing into it, not having the intention that she would ever do it until she felt like this is not a, a good situation or uh, I figured it out. And now I'm going to go tattletale to get back at this guy. Why I thought that is because uh, Jane said that she said, I wanted to see how far it would go before texting you. So I was like, that's interesting. Okay, effort is the bare minimum. Let's move on. What other questions do you have for me? Okay, so now that we've gotten into the spicy DMs and he goes off on deployment and now everything, everything's great because he's literally not in the same country as this girl. And then he comes back and things are all weird in the intimacy department. What have you heard from like clients that you've worked with or just like your experience in general with talking to people about their relationship? Is sex really that good of a temperature check for your relationship? I think with the context of like everybody has a different level of desire. Some people have spontaneous desire like I want to have sex right now just because I was turned on. Some people have responsive desire like I want to have sex with you because you turned me on just now because you're turned on spontaneously, right? So like I'm not saying that everybody has to be turned on all the time. That being said, with the additional context that she took him back after he cheated on her, but let's just name it. Because if he's doing this, then there's no telling. He lied about it and then he apologized. Great. And she took him back. I wish she hadn't. And we're here now. I think what I wrote down is that he's duplicitous as fuck. (laughs) And I wrote down to be careful with romantic long distance. With long distance, expectations need to be set very clearly. You need to be in conversation about your desire level and like what's going on. I wonder, Abby, if she got a weird feeling about the sex stuff because her her body was talking to her and telling her how wrong this was for her. It probably was. Him not wanting to have sex in that case is a red flag, especially with the context of him cheating on her and her getting those DMs back. I do think that he has a lot of shit going on that we don't know about. His pathology, there's probably reasons for it and that we don't have to have like empathy for as like the person on Jane's side. We can just be like, yeah, you're a human who has issues and we can bless and release you and go into the distance. And I want to say like, yeah, your self-trust was talking to you that this was not right for you and that he was not right for you and that he was only bringing the bare minimum to the table in terms of these like positive interactions. I would have been so weirded out if my boyfriend's been gone for six months and then you have sex once and that's it. And it's kind of like, what, what did you miss me at all? What, I've literally been in this situation though with the sex long distance relationship with the sex missing piece when you're in person. And it is sort of a mind fuck like it is a form of a person who is not necessarily emotionally mature enough to talk about the granularity of what's going on in their head is him a b that is also for me required in a relationship you need to be mature enough to tell me why don't you want to have sex? What's going on underneath the surface? And he was just shutting it down and being like, no, 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 you're so great. I love you. There's nothing going on. I'm just tired. And maybe he was tired. And maybe he got an STI from somebody who he had sex with and he didn't want to give it to her. Or he didn't want to reveal that he had genital warts. Like, I don't know what happened, but I know that there was something going on beneath the surface. And look, most people have an STI. So that is not to say like that makes you a bad person or anything. It just 
happens because we're out in the world. It happens. And he was holding something back for a reason that was not honest. I mean, at the very least, we can give him props for not wanting to give her any, you know, an STI. At least he had that courtesy. But we don't even know if that was a thing. You know what I'm saying? We're just like, we're sort of making it. We're sort of extrapolating based on the lack of information that we had. But at that point, I do think it's really difficult once you've already gone down the rabbit hole of taking him back. It's hard to then set, like, it's hard to set the boundary then and say, like, I'm out because you're not giving me what I need. At that point, you're sort of strapped into the ride. Going down in the hotel room and now you've got to waste money on a on a plane ticket, which is uh, how this story ends, essentially. And so thank God yeah. you finally got out of this relationship. From your perspective as a dating coach, this girl is single. She is out and about. She is looking for somebody. What kind of advice would you give her moving forward to heal, to get that self-trust and to eventually find that love that is possible? It is possible. And, and look, if you don't believe that it's possible, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. I like to say that I'm over here in Brooklyn holding it for you until you can hold it for yourself. I would say advice to her, have a therapist if you don't already. Unpack for yourself. This is this work is hard to do on your own, which is why I recommend therapy. Unpack for yourself what were the stories in your head, the thoughts that felt true about relationships and love that led you to take him back in the first place. I would be curious beneath the surface, like what was going on there? Was it the thought that I'm not going to do better? Was it the thought that like nothing else is available for me? Was it the thought that if I reject him, there's nobody else? Was it the thought that I need to be more accommodating because women who are not accommodating are not good women? Look, Jane, I was raised in the South too. I get it. I was raised in Alabama and I saw that a woman's worth was so deeply tied to her relationship status with a cisgender man. I saw that a woman had to be subservient to be in a health, in a relationship long-term with a man. And so I want you to unpack any stories underneath the surface there because you awakening to your, I'm speaking to her now and to you, Abby, and to anybody, you awakening to your own agency is what will land you in the best relationship of your life with yourself first and then with a partner second. I know she's going to listen to this and hear it. And who knows, maybe Mr. Wright's about to walk in and sweep her off her feet. I have a fun question just for, I guess, both of us, because we both live in uh, smaller towns. I think me and her both struggle with maybe, uh, you know, where to find these guys. What kind of advice would you give for people who maybe don't live in a New York or uh, Chicago or something? It's so hard. It's so hard. So I'm not here to say that like dating is easy or that like it should be more fun or whatever. Like it's tough and it is tough to want something that is not here yet. And so that that place between I want something that's not here yet. What do I do in between? A lot of people feel a lot of anxiety or get like anxious. And like, so the work is how do I have compassion for myself radically to hold myself in softness as I move through hard shit? I think in terms of small town dating, obviously a dating app is just one tool. I say this all the time on my TikTok at Date Brazen. It's like dating apps are one tool to lead to what you want. And you can use that tool with intention to find better people for you. It probably, when you use it with intention, it probably will take more time than you want it to. So then it's about like, how can you fill your own cup and like experience a lot of joy as you not even wait, because what are you waiting for? I think that attracting somebody and like manifesting them into your life looks like meeting the energy of how you want to feel. So Oprah talks about her manifesting practice is like matching the energy of what she wants and like how she wants to feel when she has it and then letting it go. How do you want to ask yourself, how do you want to feel in the right relationship, held, seen, belonging, fun, joyful, effervescent, sexy, turned on, all these things. And then how can I feel like that today? So small town dating is about that piece of it. And then also using a dating app with intention, only one dating app, and then getting out in the mix and like going to things, meeting people, 
people, being open with your friends about your dating life and your dating desires, like bringing on co-conspirators, telling them what you want, what it feels like, what questions they can ask a single person that they run into to gauge their like gameness and all that. Like employ your resources. You are highly resourced. You may not meet this person in this small town. You may meet them at a conference. You may meet them on a trip. You may meet them through a friend in another state. You may move in two years. You may, you have no fucking idea where your life is going to go. So I would say don't get how greedy. Don't be like, but how, but how, but how, but I only have these many people in my small town. Like how am I going to meet somebody? Don't get how greedy. Just live your most joyful fucking life and let the relationship take care of itself. That was incredible advice. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the episode and um, unpack everything that happened. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. I know I did. Hopefully I meet Mr. Right at a conference and maybe Jane will too. Absolutely. I believe it. Again, I'm believing it for you until you can believe it for yourself. Perfect. Now, please plug anything you would like to, to where our listeners can, can find you after this. Amazing. So you can find the Date Brazen podcast literally anywhere. It's so good. There are over 120 episodes for you to binge um, all about building a love life that feels joyful and self-trusting. There's also my TikTok at Date Brazen, my Instagram at Date Brazen. Uh, and I have this amazing free journaling guide that people can get at DateBrazen.com. It's three steps to make your dating life feel like self-care. You can go there, download it for free. You'll be on my email list and you can then like dive deep on how to brag in your love life to attract more, how to practice self-compassion, how to get in the mindset that you're for the few, not for the many. It's so good. So DateBrazen.com is where you can find that. 